0: Good evening, everyone. It's Necro Thursday, and that means it's time for the Necromaniacs Horror Podcast. How's it
1: going, Mike? It's going well. Uh, That's right. You're listening to Necromaniacs Podcast, everybody. Coming to you each and every Thursday until we die horrifically in a nuclear war. Right, Michael? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's right. That could happen. That's the only thing stopping this train. Mm. (laughs) right on man yes sorry to start on such a stark downer note but uh, it was a little tongue in cheek you know i don't think we're going to die just yet i think we've got a little bit of time you know i'd like uh i'd like for us to enjoy the nice weather it's very nice out mike yeah, so uh, hopefully beautiful. you know uh our our leaders are not going to you know send us all straight to to you know hell in the nice weather i would like it to be in the bad weather wouldn't you wouldn't you like it to be in like the winter well i would i would like it not to
0: happen at all like i'd rather die like you know uh, naturally right right (laughs)
1: but it would just suck wouldn't it just suck to have it in like late spring or summer that would just be awfully cruel don't you think
0: Yeah, you're just getting situated with this beautiful weather and you're out like in Central Park and you look up and you see a fucking warhead coming right towards you. Yeah, that's not... That's
1: that's terrible. That's terrible. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, I like to shake things up every once in a while, folks. You you know, you can't be too (laughs) predictable. Otherwise, you get boring. But I am good. Things are good. Uh, Work is uh, busy as hell, you know. Uh, happy to be employed but uh good to be here on the old necromaniacs podcast
0: yeah definitely uh spring has sprung in the new york area man it's um you know I'm, i uh, i'm in new york city quite a bit a lot these days uh you know mm-hmm. for work and for other social things and it's you know i love new york city in the spring um yeah. we were talking earlier i'm relocating to jersey city i just signed a lease on a new place and uh, awesome i'll be uh Back in the metropolitan area, even though Jersey is technically not part of New York City, it is a quick twenty-minute ride on the PATH train to get into Midtown Manhattan. So I'm excited.
1: That is very cool. Congrats and good luck on the moon. Yeah the
0: the <laughs> suburban the suburban experiment has ended um, inconclusively mm-hmm. inconclusively
1: it's ended inconclusive so. <laughs> inconclusive. Yeah. It's fun. You get a little older, you want to move to the suburbs, and, well, people do. Uh, very few move back to the city, and you are doing that, and I wish you well on that. I hope there isn't another move two years from now.
0: Nah, nah dude.
1: I mean, I stayed, I lived in the
0: same place for like 10 years, man. Like that place in Greenpoint. That's true. I was there for a that long time, true. man. You know.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's true. I just hate moving myself, honestly. I'm only here about a year, a year and a half. As of right now, so I mean, moving just blows, you know. Especially when you have a lot of stuff like Mike and I do, right, Mike? I already started packing actually this weekend. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, I signed the lease today, dropped off like a very painful amount of money to these
1: people, and um, (laughs) now I'm broke
0: until Friday. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's that's how it works, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Congrats and good luck. And maybe we've got some Jersey City listeners at the old Necromaniacs. What do you think? Maybe. I don't know, man. You guys will see me around. You know, I'll be
0: I'll be out and about. Jersey City, Hoboken area, midtown Manhattan, you know, Brooklyn, of course.
1: You'll see me around. Yeah. Speaking of uh, local, uh, Stella and I went to see obituary and immolation and blood incantation and ingrown last week at uh, Irving Plaza. Excellent show. Excellent show. Um, obituary are pretty much bigger than they've ever been, in my opinion. And it's. I'm very happy to see that. Um just talking to some buddies, and I feel like once they left Candlelight and went to relapse, it changed the, the trajectory of their entire career. Agree or
0: disagree? I totally agree, man. I remember not too long ago, they were sort of like, uh, it seemed like, like, in this weird, obscure space. And then in yeah. the last few mm-hmm. years, they just skyrocketed back to prominence. And I think that might really be a lot to do with just the uh, overall popularity of metal and death metal and extreme metal in particular.
1: Yeah. You know, That that helps, that helps. But I do think being a very big priority on the label they're on also helps. This is true. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Immolation, another band who have just really, like, Aside from being extremely popular, possibly the most popular they've ever been in their career, um, they're just making excellent new music as well, which also helps. I mean, you can be uh, a legend and suck, you know what I'm saying? But you're still a legend. But being a legend and not sucking is makes it even more more awesome.
0: W- would you would you say? What oh you yeah, mean? I mean. Immolation, in my opinion, has never made a bad record, man. But their, their latest is, is a next-level next shit for sure. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, undeniable. Like It was one of my favorites of last year. And, you know, they're just a fucking great band. They put on a great show every time you see them. So is Obituary. Uh, Blood Incantation, having them on the tour is smart. They're a younger band, and they're also extremely popular on their own. I mean, I saw them play in front of almost 700 people a couple of months ago, alone. So, you know, just uh, a, a good tour package altogether, Mike. Unfortunately, well,
0: maybe fortunately, I didn't go to that show. But um, yeah. <laughs> well, no, without going too much into detail, but I, I'm kind of now now that some some uh, developments came up that probably meant that I, it was better that I wasn't there. But um. I wish I'd gone. I wish I could have like anonymously hung out in a corner, away where no one could see me and uh, and watch the <laughs> show, or maybe just you guys. I just maybe yeah,
1: hang out with-, blend,
0: blend hey, in you're- with you guys. That would have been cool.
1: <laughs> exactly, Exactly mundo. Yeah, but uh, hey, there's always uh, always more shows coming. You know, there's plenty of shows. Absolutely, man. Have you seen any movies? Have I seen any movies? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a bit behind. So what I did do the other night is what I, I watched something that I enjoy watching, and that is Joe Bob's uh, The Last Drive-In on good old Shutter. Um I watched the Fulci double feature, uh, yeah. which were Zombie and the Beyond. And look, since I've seen Zombie and the Beyond quite a few times, what I do is that I just kind of fast forward and watch commentaries do you do that at all sometimes with Uh, the movies generally i try to watch it live
0: but um but i did i I watched that one live so i I couldn't fast forward it but the um Mm -hmm. the more the most recent one i i did not watch live and i've seen well you know i've kind of fast forwarded through some of that stuff
1: definitely yeah but the the cool thing is that some you know you, you learn new shit that's like the best part honestly About watching uh, Joe Bob's driving, even for a movie you've seen a hundred times, you know, like he actually had Fabio Fritz, who did the music for these movies, there in the studio playing like a live band. I just, I thought that was fucking cool as shit, Mike. That was very cool.
0: And just a real quick aside, uh, coming up soon is the uh, the Nightlands Festival down in South Jersey, which is brought Hmm. to you by uh, Kadabra Records, and they released a um, composer's cut. Of uh, some Fabio Fritzi music on vinyl. So oh, very cool! I'll 100 going to be picking something, some of that stuff up at the at the festival.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I, I've often said the music for the Beyond sounds like the music you hear when you go to hell, and oh, yeah. uh, I i stand by that statement. It's very creepy music. um But it was it, it's always good to hear more tidbits about Fulci and about the kind of guy he was and. You know, he was a uh, piece of work, uh, and he kind of, well, tortured his actors a little bit. He was a you know, piece of work there, let's just say. Um, but Fabio Fritzi did not throw his old buddy under the bus. He he talked no trash about him, actually. And uh, Fritzi was great. He gave a lot of these deadpan answers to Joe Bob questions, which I was dying uh, laughing over. So that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Joe Bob's
0: great. It's back. Um, you know, when I, I, I generally like to watch him live. Unfortunately, um, you know, this past weekend I wasn't able to because I was actually in Philly with Rennie hmm. to see uh, Exorcist three on the big screen at the Philly Film Center. Very nice. How was that? Oh, it was great, man. I mean that's Exorcist Three is like one of my all time favorite movies. Um you know the 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 first one and the third, you know, which cover uh you know the the William Peter Blatty novels Exorcist yes. and Legion are very different films but they so perfectly complement each other you know what I mean mm. I'm kind of due to
1: watch both of them but there's so much shit that I need to watch yeah. that I don't know when I'll get around to a rewatch of Exorcist 1 and 3 yeah uh, I was like Exorcist 1 I actually caught a little bit of not too long ago and uh I don't know where the hell I was watching it or what streaming service or whatever. It just came a kind of came on and I just was watching it. Right. Um, but yeah, Exorcist uh, is one of my you know top three movies ever. So I love that movie.
0: Yeah, it, it was a uh, part of like a weekend thing that was going on down in Philly. Uh, they had Exorcist Three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, um, the uh, whichever number, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Warriors was.
1: I think that's three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Can, Hall- can, Hall- be-
0: Hall- I'm sorry. Uh, Halloween three was also being played. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I, I'm. I'm gonna say Dream Warriors. See now, I gotta look it up because that's just who I am. Yeah. You know. So the. the I'm fest, gonna say three.
0: Yeah. The, the fest was like sequels. It was all sequels and stuff. So it was yeah. pretty cool. And they had a really cool poster that. Um. Mm-hmm. I was looking to see if they were selling it, but they
1: didn't have any any prints. So weird. Uh, so, Dream Warriors is indeed part three from 1987. So, a lot of uh, a lot of twos and threes there. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I bought a couple of uh, Mondo Macabro Blu-rays recently. I hadn't bought any Blu-rays in a very long time. And I, I love the shit that, like, you know, Vinegar Syndrome and Severin and Mondo Macabro put out. Those, those three guys in particular, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I got, got a nice little stack of stuff to watch, uh, in the coming weeks or evenings, you know, we're trying to settle down after a long day of work. Uh, I got that movie blood ceremony. You ever see that movie?
0: I don't remember if I've actually seen, I want to say yes, but I can't remember what the movie's about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the band I'm going to say definitely took their name from this movie. Yeah, uh, I, I would, I would almost guarantee it. Um, it's from like 1973, you know, It's it, look, all these kind of like weird seventies movies are, uh, I'm there, I'm going to check it out. You know, uh, it, you could kind of put it in, in the wheelhouse of like counter stracula and like that kind of stuff. And Bathory esque films. Uh, it was directed by Jorge Grau, who, uh, directed *Living Dead* at Manchester Morgue, yep. which is a great movie. So, yeah, I've always wanted to see *Blood Ceremony*, and now I own it, so I'm gonna watch it soon. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's got it's it's in the wheelhouse of the Bathory kind of movies. So, uh, when I say Bathory movies, I don't mean the band, of course. Just <laughs> so you know, I mean the Countess herself, the one who bathed in the blood of people. That's battery.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I caught a couple of things over the last uh, week or so. Um, the brand new film *Artifice Girl* I watched. Uh, uh-huh. Have you heard
1: about that? <clears throat> Only via emails from uh, our little email connection. Uh, I, you know, email groups that we get into. So I've heard the name.
0: Excellent. It's um really really interesting movie. It's uh it's along the lines of like Ex Machina. You know, it's like about AI and. You know, Mm. consciousness, and like, uh, it's really cool. Uh, Lance Henriksen's in it. He has a small part towards the end. the movie The movie takes place over the course of, like, say, 30 years or so.
1: Always good to see him.
0: Yeah, he's, that was a, really recommend that movie for sure. Awesome. And, uh, Um, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, go right ahead. Yeah. Caught another film on Netflix, of all places, called Holy Spider. Hmm. It's like um, based on the serial murders in in Middle Eastern film. You know, it's based on a true story, actually. So it's kind of serial killer, true crime kind of vibe, but Middle Eastern, you know. Um, And Mm. then the film, which uh, a lot of people have been talking about, called From Black on Shudder. Which is like, it was good. But if you hadn't seen a dark song, you would think it's the greatest film ever. However, if you have seen a movie called A Dark Song, it's kind of the same exact plot. So, you just Dark
1: saying, Song, it's why is that striking We, a, we I uh, think we covered drag.
0: that like like I don't know 8 years
1: ago or something like that. Oh, okay. I was going like, "We, yeah, we I think we did cover that movie." Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Some uh some cool shit to uh to remember and think of. Yeah. Um one thing I want to say: I watched something you watched, which was the three-part Waco documentary oh, yeah. on Netflix. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was a doozy, man! I mean, Jesus. I uh, again, like you know, like I said a-, a while back, I was I was a young man back then, kind of not completely paying attention to what was going on over there. Honestly, I knew it was going on. I knew some fucked up shit was going on, but I kind of forgot how long that went on. And like the body count. You know what I'm saying? Like and you know I I feel like uh you kinda come out of that not really knowing who started popping off the the the, the you know the shots first in a way, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a crazy right. crazy story, man. And you know, that the whole Waco thing, Timothy McVeigh, like all that stuff was very much in like my um my wheelhouse kind of, I guess, back in the nineties where mm-hmm. stuff just weird shit you would read about that seemed, like, dangerous, you know, and that was what hmm. I was all about back then, like, you know, <laughs> weird serial yes. killers, you know, Manson.
1: Um, yeah, I was know. into serial killers, yeah, yeah, but I didn't make that Waco connection just yet, probably to a little later, but it was interesting to see that Timothy McVeigh was, was there, hanging out, yeah. you know, watching the, the scene unfold. But man, that's creepy, creepy footage. I feel like
0: with, like, uh, you know, Timothy McVeigh, Ruby Ridge, you know, um, Waco, Texas, you don't have to go too far until you hit white power or, uh, pedophilia.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of right around the corner
0: usually, right? It's, It's, there's,
1: it's it's always like
0: one or two guys removed and then you're straight up into like Nazi shit and like kid touchers, you know? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Pretty much, man. You know, one
1: or the other, you you know, something. Something there, something I mean, there. Someone mm-hmm. show me a militia
0: that doesn't have to do a white supremacy, you know? It's like, I mean, seriously, you know?
1: Yeah, there's, like, there's no, like, you know, there's no bunch of real swell people militias. <laughs> like, there's no, you know, there's no, hey, they're no great guys, you know? That doesn't really, really happen, right? No. Like, you know, I'm going to have dinner with these guys, militia, right? That's not really how it works, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that that stuff was always very, you know, there you'd get zines, you know, those like Answer Me and stuff like that, you know, like a lot of guys that you and I both whose work we like, you know, have yeah. r- wrote, written about it, you know. Mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, I, I used to like that fringe, weird, fringy kind of stuff like back then because no one, it was very much far away from the mainstream, you know.
1: Yeah, there was no internet. It was very, it was a sub-subculture, you know, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, and you would read about it because it was interesting. You know, not because you wanted to blow up buildings or you know, or uh, Mm. overthrow the government or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right. No, it was just it was like shocking shit. Exactly. Yeah. And for you know a young a young man's mind, it was just like whoa, like you know this isn't happening in Cheapside Bay, Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? It's like whoa, this is this is wild shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I checked that out and I enjoyed that very much. Netflix is Netflix is good at the documentaries, man. I gotta say, like you know, these these multi-parter things they do, they're fucking great at it. And uh, I'm enjoying Succession very much on uh, HBO. It's fucking great. Um, Yeah. And uh, on the musical front, uh, I can I can finally say that the Confusion discography, Storm the Walls, 1990. 1994, comes out Friday, June 23rd. Right on, man. Yes. It'll be on all streaming services Friday, June 23rd, which is great. Um, The vinyl will probably be that following week or so. It'll be right around there. Not too far after that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be on CD2, digital. And uh, July 15th, Inhuman is playing our first show this year. For my big fiftieth birthday at Gold Sounds in oh, Brooklyn, dude. a free show, all ages show, so that should be a lot of fun. That's Friday, Saturday, <laughs> July fifteenth at Gold Sounds. It should be a good time. That's
0: awesome, man. That's uh, I'm yeah. totally. I'll be there. You know. Representing, yes, yeah. Representing Represent. New Jersey. <laughs> but yeah, Jersey style. <laughs> um. Actually, tombs is playing a show. We're playing uh, down in uh, in Baltimore in this like kind of um, you know it's it's uh, I don't know how to put it, but it's part of the uh, Hell in the Harbor Festival. Yes, the incredible like bands that, yeah. are playing that. You know, um, you know, Cannibal Corpse. Uh, you know, a bunch of bands are playing. Um, Dying Fetus, Goat Horror, uh, mm-hmm. and then there's like a, a smaller stage that we're playing, and we 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 are playing the headlining set of the Saturday night. Um, so yeah, if any of you guys are going to that and you're in Baltimore, check it out. We're I don't have much I'm I didn't prepare very well to give this announcement, so No, you just throw it out there. Why not? <laughs> if you're at, throw if it you're out at there. the show, remember uh we're playing somewhere in as part of that. <laughs> <laughs> Some day,
1: some date, whatever, some show. It's It's in, it says, I mean, no
0: one, no one cares about it. If if you're going to Hell in the Harbor, we're like a footnote on that festival. So, you know, if you're there, (laughs) you're that you're already planning to be there. So if you're there, come and check us out.
1: (laughs) You got to check out Tim's. Come on, come on. All right. So we, we, uh, we're in a little gang,
0: if you will, called the uh, horsemen of the podcasting apocalypse. And it's, um, yeah, totally cool bunch of guys. You know, we're like the He-Man Women Haters Club, sort of. You know, from the Little Rascals. <laughs> oh no! Yes, <laughs> but we love women, though. So that's the difference, right there. So uh, yes, yeah. So we,
1: so we're actually not the He-Man Women Haters Club. Yeah.
0: How about that. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Starting on Monday, we have uh, Brandon Legion, Horror Wolf Six Six Six. It's also mm-hmm. a horror podcast, but he focuses on interviews with filmmakers, actors. And pretty much and sometimes us, sometimes we're on there, you know, the, the other horsemen. That's right. That's right. And he uh he does a great job. And um also he's showcasing some of his creative abilities with um with a Braxis horn, like all the synth music he's making. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Talented guy. Yeah. Right. Uh coming at you on Tuesday. Tuesday, we have into the necrosphere, right, Michael?
0: That's right. The greatest extreme music podcast on the internet
1: with the uh ever lovable often opinionated jackie smith wednesday coming uh, come back to on wednesday what's that michael
0: wednesday is everything went black that's um my first attempt at doing a podcast that somehow just ended up being part of what i do every week <laughs> that's all i can say about it it's kind of like a open format you know there's a lot of different stuff on there we got like music related things however I try to stay out of Jackie's lane I think he does a way better job with um, metal than I do Um, but there's like music stuff on there there's filmmakers there's you know shows that I do with Ralph Schmidt and uh, we talk about a bunch of stuff I've got MMA fighters on there I've got like some Muay Thai people that I've trained with over the years that that fight professionally and that kind of thing
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's
0: just
1: a like an open format, you know. And it has hit three hundred episodes, listeners. How about that?
0: The three hundredth episode was actually pretty cool because it was with uh, with Pelican, um, guys that I've been friends with for a long time, and you know back when Tombs first formed. Some of our first uh, U.S. tours were with those guys, so it was pretty cool.
1: Very cool. Uh, on Thursday, you're listening to it right now, the Necro podcast. The best horror podcast available to mankind. Uh, I'm sorry. What do you think, Mike? (laughs) To
0: to mankind,
1: yeah. Yes, it is. We're the best. That's all I have to say about Necromaniac's podcast. Every Thursday, you must, must listen. Uh, On Friday, break the apocalypse with my own brother, John Graber. Social commentary, some politics, comedic stuff, you know, a bit of a potpourri, but uh, he has a great thing going. They've been on a couple of years. Uh, they even have like a Patreon. You know, they, they go deep. They have a lot of content out there. They're also very big into horror. They're big into wrestling. So you, you got a lot of different stuff going on there. Make sure on Fridays you check out Break the Apocalypse. On Saturday, take a break from podcasts. Spring is here. Go out and do some shit. But on Sunday, Michael, what should they do on Sunday? Sunday uh
0: Carl Hikara comes at you with soul Knox. and and Carl's uh you know doing a great job. He recently had some excellent episodes. And if you're into if you're interested in the occult or weird fiction or any, you know, kind of dark darkness in general, mm. Carl, Carl's the guy to, talk, to to check out and um he's got a lot of really really interesting stuff going on there. And uh, one of the things that, you know, just gonna pump pump this up too, is he and I are collaborating on a show called Darkness Weaves, where we're mm. digging into uh the work of Carl Edward Wagner. And uh one episode will come out on Everything Went Black, and one will come out on Soul Knox, and we're up to we have two episodes out. We're gonna be recording a third this weekend, actually. So um so yeah, every month we alternate who puts out the episode.
1: Oh, that is very fucking cool, man. Um that is your week, though, huh, Mike? It's filled with exciting content. It sure is. Yeah. So, you know, support our buddies, support the horsemen of the apocalypse, and, uh, yeah, hit hit those subscribe buttons, right, Mike? That's right.
0: And uh, we also have a, a voice line now, so if you want to call in and leave messages or make recommendations for movies, um i mean certainly you guys could hit us up on all the different social media channels but if you leave a voicemail we will consider that goes to the front of the line as far as like recommendations so yeah yeah so and of course that number is 908-913-0782 once again 908-913-0782 the necromaniacs voicemail uh to kick off this week's voicemails, we have uh, Mike from Telford, Pennsylvania.
3: Hey, fellas, it's Mike from Telford again. Just got done with the new episode on Death Dream. You, you boys knocked it out of the park. That was fucking great. Uh, that's it. Just letting you know. Loved it. I love it when you guys dip back the old times like that. So, uh, and you nailed it, man. It else like a fucking pall of gloom over that fucking movie. It's. It's heavy. I don't watch it all the time, but it is a favorite amongst the Bob Clark movies for me. That one's great. Richard Backus is fucking just chilling in that when he starts to decay and some of the looks on his face and shit. Uh, Yeah, Alan Ormsby. he gets some short script. I think. Uh, I actually think it was them two guys together that brought out the best in each other. I don't know how much of a horror guy Bob Clark really was. I think that that was more of an Ormsby thing and them being friends. Alan Ormsby was a horror kid before that was a thing. He he even wrote, he's got a book that he wrote on uh, how to do like, you know, horror makeups and shit. And I, I think he was just a teenager when he wrote that. You can find it on eBay here and there. I might be wrong about how old he was, but I know he did that like very early on in his career. So, you know, he did the makeup for like shockwaves and shit and, uh, yeah, he seems like a real interesting dude, and uh, I almost think that does he direct Deranged. I know that there's like a fucking fake name on the direction for Deranged. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. I know I I bought that on VHS years ago. The more video uh, official pre-record, I got that from Midnight Video here. in play PA through the mail. I lived in. I'm from upstate New York. That's where I lived for the first 28 years. it was all mail or video cassettes and shit then. right, I'm I'm rambling, but you know, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I might dig up some old shit and recommend it to you again, but I I appreciate the Death Room thing. I'm glad we were on the same wavelength for that. That's totally my uh, era, like 70s American horror. I have a real soft spot for that stuff. Alright, fellas. Have a good week. I'm going to see John Doe tonight. He's playing like... Ten minutes from my house there in Telford, Sellersville Theater, it's the John Doe Folk Trio. So, you know, not exactly X, but it'll be cool as shit to see that, dude. What a voice on that motherfucker. So, all right, fellas, have a good week, man. And I hope things start to look up for you, Mike. Uh, Moving is a fucking bitch, especially when it's maybe a surprise or something that you weren't planning on doing. So, uh, good luck with that, dude.
0: All right, man. Talk to you soon. And uh you know Mike actually is a guy who recommended Death Dream to us. Even though we'd been talking about doing it, I think Mike put us over the edge on uh, yeah. on doing that that movie. So, you know, you know shout out to Mike
1: on that. And thank you for that, Mr. Mike. Uh you have a great name. Uh yes. <laughs> um did you know that Alan Ormsby had that book about uh horror makeup, Mike? No. Well, actually I think I saw it when I was uh, doing my research, but I, 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 you know, it would be cool to check out the actual thing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I wasn't aware of that. And, uh, yeah. And also Mike, I, I'm a huge, uh, John Doe fan. I love X and the knitters and all that. So that, that's cool. You want to go check that out? Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we got Patrick from new Haven, another return caller. Hey guys, what's up? it's Patrick from, uh, new Haven again.
2: <clears throat> uh, just had a, you know, a couple more recommendations. Uh, talk about music movies whatever uh have you guys seen the uh checked out the new dead ringers uh series on amazon i mean it's almost like blasphemous you know when i first heard of it uh that you're gonna you know do that with a cronenberg movie but uh yeah i've watched like three episodes it's it's okay it's different some cool uh cringy body horror uh moments uh uh, it's a movie from 2018 called Life Changer. It's like a shapeshifter type thing. um you know, I apologize if you guys covered any of these. Uh, you know, I haven't gone back and listened to all of your, all of your episodes. Uh, that one's pretty decent. Um, they look like people from 2015. Uh, not sure how to classify that. It's, I think it's classified as like horror or psychological something but you know just kind of like this in pending you know dread throughout the whole movie i'm not sure if anything really exciting happens but uh you know maybe on a rewatch, i'll, I'll see some stuff um as far as music uh recently saw goat whore <clears throat> with a couple of local bands at the space ballroom in Hamden. um Never seen them live, uh, but, you know, it was just kind of a spur of the moment thing. It's pretty cool. It's intimate setting. Talk to the guys for a few minutes. Uh, they're kind of from my, uh, neck of the woods down in Louisiana. Well, I'm from the Houston area originally. Uh, going to see Mr. Bungle and Melvins at, uh, and, and, uh, Spotlights at the Bowery in Boston on nine That'll be interesting. And, uh, Cynic and Atheist, uh, July 5th at the Middle East in Boston. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. A day do both of those guys. Uh, speaking of, uh, well, not speaking of atheists necessarily, but they did play last year's uh, RPM Fest up in, I believe it's up in Montague, uh, Mass, up near Greenfield. The uh, drummer from uh, Lich King, Throws it together. I think he's doing it for the last, like, I don't know, 11, 12 years or something. Started out, uh, in his mom's backyard and it's grown to, uh, they have like 50 bands over like a weekend, camping, food, and it's all like, you know, smaller bands. But, uh, last year their, their big draw was Atheists. just was a surprise, a surprise act that came through. Unfortunately, I missed it, but, uh, if you guys have ever heard of it or whatever, I don't know, maybe check it out. Uh, cool. So look forward to listening to more episodes and, Take care,
0: guys. So, Mike, did you have you seen the Dead Ringers series yet? No, I have not.
1: Uh, okay, I haven't seen the movie in a I don't know twenty something years. So, I kind of want to see the OG to before I see the TV series. Even though you know you don't necessarily have to do that. Right. Uh, I would like to see the movie again just to kind of get the 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 memory of the storyline back in my head.
0: I initially I dismissed dead ringers because it just I'm like why you know how, but so many people have been talking about it and now that Patrick Mm -hmm. mentioned it I think I'm going to try it out you know what I
1: mean yeah yeah I mean you know Cronenberg inspired horror TV series how bad could it be I mean even if if it's terrible it's terrible unfortunately but you know at least it's something to check out I know Mick Garris
0: gave it some high marks. You know, so maybe that's, you know, between Mike recommending it and Mick Garris, maybe I'll check an episode out tonight, maybe, you know. To yeah, remember. totally. And have you seen Life Changer from 2018? I, I don't even know about, I've never even heard of that movie.
1: No, no. I have not. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, <laughs> only so much time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> They look like people. I did see, however, and and uh, to to answer or to to elaborate on what you said, Patrick, uh, I would say it's a weird tale. Actually, I would say it, it's more like, um, almost like a Thomas Ligotti like weird tale of like not a lot happens. It's a lot of dialogue. Like it's um, just an uneasy sort of strange vibe to the movie. So that, I thought that was pretty cool that movie.
1: Well, speaking of weird stuff. I'm stoked for, uh, I believe November, the return of true detective.
0: Yes, man. Uh, I think, uh, Issa
1: Lopez has something to do with making that. So that should be really cool. Yeah. Very, very, very excited about that. Uh, may watch all that stuff leading up to it. You know, there's plenty of time, so hopefully I can.
0: Yeah. Oh, right, and now real quick, uh, Patrick, uh, great seeing God Horror. They just wrapped up a tour with I hate God and, um, I'm, really good friends with both of those bands played many many shows together goldhorn tombs toured the states a while back mm-hmm. solid dudes great one of the greatest live bands ever um and uh yeah rpm fest we actually played it a few years ago so yeah i'm well aware that western massachusetts like outdoor uh mosquito fest yeah that's what we were calling it because we all got devoured by mosquitoes on
1: that day oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah no fun No fun. Uh, So tonight, kids, we are not talking about a 70s or 80s movie. We're talking about a movie that came out in 2012 that literally only hit my radar uh, by way of Mike Hill himself just uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, And this movie is called Found. Right, Mike Hill? That's right, Found.
0: Now, it's funny because um, a long time ago, I don't know, probably back twenty seventeen, you know, a few years back, we were on tour with Ringworm, and uh, the Human Furnace, aka James, uh, mm-hmm. big horror guy. He and I would yeah. hang out. Actually, it was a ritual, man. After Soundcheck, Tombs and Ringworm would tailgate and listen to Kiss every night, like with our Ooh, nice. our, our vans. Every you know, everyone got along really well. The two of us did at least. There mm. are there are other bands on the tour, but we really. Bro down on that tour And we would like Crank like Kiss Destroyer And James and I Would talk about horror movies And he Brought this up As a film That he, I should see But I I just Watched it Now Yeah Because it just Didn't seem that interesting To me at first You know what I mean And then But there's a Yeah so he would tell me about it Then I would start hearing about it From other people And then I watched Another channel And they Mentioned it And mm-hmm. then, And then it was indicated that it was on Tubi, which is a free streaming platform with commercials, uh-huh.
1: right? Limited uh, commercial interruption. Yeah,
0: so I was like, you know what,
1: it's not going to cost me
0: anything. You know, let's, let's let's check it out. So that's when I suggested that you and I cover it.
1: <laughs> However, listeners, we let you in on the, the little inner workings of the show here. I watched it first. Which is usually it's usually Mike watches like a, a, a if we're covering one that we've never seen before it tends to be something that if it's like something Mike found you know quote unquote he'll have watched it first but this time well I watched it first <laughs> and I just the the next message the message I wrote that following morning after, after watching it uh, and our uh, esteemed co-host Jeff was also in, the, in there and I just wrote. This movie is disgusting. Period. <laughs> well, that was just my one kickoff sentence. This movie is disgusting. Um, and you know what, listeners it it is some it is a disgusting movie, and I'm I'm going to pre warn everyone. Uh, you know, <sighs> it, it, definitely uh, trigger warning, so to speak. You know, it's it's a harsh movie. It's a very violent movie. It's very dark. It's very fucked up. Um, and it goes places that you, you probably don't even think it's going to go as you're watching it, even though you're, you you know, 25, 30 minutes in, you're like, Jesus Christ, this movie's fucked up. It, it goes to a place you don't see coming, right? You know? I mean, honestly, that ending, I didn't see that coming.
0: No, I didn't see but, the ending coming at all.
1: <laughs> but right, exactly. So, yeah, keep in mind—you know—we're not co-signing any of the darkness in this movie. We are merely reviewing it, and you know, as uh, el- elder gentlemen in the horror world, um, yeah, we both kind of found this movie to be pretty fucking disgusting.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and once again, just to just to underscore what Mike said, there's 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 definitely some warnings if you do choose to watch this movie. Do not watch it if racial slurs or derogatory terms for homosexuality offend you. Yeah. Cuz they not everything is on the table in this movie. So I yeah. do not back any of that stuff. I, you know, we're, we're, Mike and I both are tolerant people. We're but if once again if those things bother you, do not see this film because they relentlessly delve into all that stuff and and then some
1: <laughs> and then some and we're going to get to the and then some
0: yeah
1: um, yeah. so you know it's listed as a 2012 American horror film written and directed by Scott Shermer uh, it is based on a novel ladies and gentlemen uh, of the same name by writer Todd Rigney uh, I guess the movie was shot in 2012 but it was picked up for distribution rights in 2012 20- 14 when it screened at a bunch of uh, film festivals. Um, I'm going to say that 2012 release date on Wikipedia, July 14, 2012, was like kind of a one and done, and then by 2014, it started making the rounds. That's kind of the, the vibe I'm getting from yeah. my little research here. Um, yeah. So, huh, man, where to start? Well,
0: um, it's, it's 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 long, too. It's 103 minutes. It is long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is long. <laughs> um, aside from very repulsive violence and dark themes, um, there's even a movie within a movie here called Headless, which we'll get to. Um, there are things to like about this movie because it's an ambitious movie, actually. And dare I say, some originality, uh t- to this movie can be found um and for being in in the fucked up dark one it's pretty well made would, th- would you agree with that statement mike well
0: yes exactly i mean i'm i'm going to do we're going to do our best to give a fair review of this movie because like like mike was saying it's um there's a lot
1: going for this film you yeah know? now um, but then you can do a flip side of it and say, this is almost like the American Serbian film. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, like that's, that's how, that's how dark it gets listeners. So yeah, uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I honestly can't believe, uh, it's as obscure as it is. And maybe perhaps after this podcast, a bunch of our listeners are going to go check it out. Or maybe some of our listeners have literally seen this movie already. Yeah. But, um, I'm telling you, I never heard a hint of this movie until Mike proposed we watch it for the podcast. So, you know, it, it's interesting how under the radar, I guess it's been. What do you think about that? Yeah.
0: And I mean, it, it's under the radar, but it is something that people have mentioned to me over the years. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I would hear about it here and there, like someone i mm-hmm. ever seen found, you know, the the serial killer movie and i'm like well i'm not really into serial killer stuff but and then i watched um there's another channel um out there that i watched that uh they discussed it and the dude was like i don't know something about this guy talking about it it's called the ghost pirate network and the guy's guy's Mm -hmm. pretty cool kanan becker I, i follow his channel and he usually has his his opinions are in line with the stuff that we would probably say you know and he um I don't know, something about his analysis of it really, really piqued my interest. And he had the same kind of vibe. Like, this is, goes This goes to places that you really wish you hadn't gone in a movie. But there's validity to the making of the film,
1: you know? Mm. Honestly, I, uh, at some point, I was like, okay, this it's a serial killer movie like a young kid serial killer movie in a way young man and like in my head i think i thought it was going to go someplace you know (laughs) or kind of wrap up a certain way maybe um but then it just really went somewhere else and that was shocking like and like I say, Serbian film ending shocking, kind of in a way. Where do um, you
0: think it was gonna go? Like, what what was your take on it? You know, well, first before right. we say that, let's just say that the film is about two brothers. Uh, one's mm-hmm. a twelve year old kid named Marty, and his older brother Steve. And Marty's like you know typical, you know, kind of nerdy kid. He's into comics. 12 you know,
1: year old. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Draws. You know, he's he's like a into you know drawing comics, and his older brother is. Probably, I imagine when he was 12, I imagine his older Uh, brother probably... 17,
1: 18? Yeah, but I I
0: imagine when his older brother was younger, he he probably was getting picked on just like Marty was getting picked on, maybe.
1: Possibly. Possibly. Um, It is worth saying that both brothers, uh, Martin and Steve, are very big horror movie fans. And there are horror movie posters all over their rooms, and there are metal posters in their rooms, and... They have an Iron Maiden, Aces High poster, which was in my room when I was twelve. So I thought that was very interesting. And the, um, uh, the Venom, Black
0: Metal poster too.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. That's in the the, the older brother's room. That was interesting. Uh, I am gonna say, although this is made in the O's, you know, in the early teens, early teens, part of me almost felt like this movie took place in the nineties because no one has a cell phone.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up. And they're also watching VHS tapes, too. Yes. You know, the video I'm, store I'm
1: praise. almost completely convinced, even though it does not say it anywhere in any of the descriptions of this movie, uh, that it is a period piece. But I'm going to say it is an early 90s period piece because they go to video stores, they rent horror movies, and they're all VHS. And actually, I'm not, I feel like maybe it was DVD, but it had a very... 90s esque vibe because like there's no cell phones, there's no modern you know stuff going on, and just like the vibe of it, right? Like I don't know, it's just well, yeah. Again, and, could be wrong, but yeah. And that that um, is what
0: makes the movie kind of endearing in some ways because it it's that's the fucked up thing about the movie is that you kind of like start <clears throat> like this is where the film is really effective. It's like you you kind of care about Marty. You, yes. you, you kind of think, st- you, you're like, you know Steve's kind of evil, but maybe you think that he's not all bad because he kind of looks out for his younger brother a little bit. You mm. And you see, like, the alienation of Marty, his kids. He's, he doesn't have any friend. He has one friend, and his that guy, you know, eventually fucking b- bails on him too. And, yeah. Um, it's just yeah. about loneliness and alienation and being uncomfortable in your skin when you're a kid and being different. You know, and then the family dynamics, you can tell that the the mother is like a good mother, the father's kind of yeah. a prick, you know, that kind of thing. The father's kind of a prick, but... <laughs> I mean, he deserved we'll get to, to get it, what he got. We'll get but, to but, it, yeah. but
1: I didn't see the dad do anything really out of it, like, anything really fucked up at all. No, just... Nah, nah, I didn't say anything fucked up at all, unless I missed it. No, nah, no. Nah, like, he, the dad just, a- is just, you know, a clueless dad, Yeah, you know, uh but we'll we'll, we'll just touched on that um i am going to say something that this movie really struck a chord for me with the whole being 12 and starting to really like horror movies which is pretty much the age i started to like horror movies after being very afraid of them for a long time right and drawing horror images, which is something I used to do at that age as well. I used to draw Freddy and Jason and Michael and take a red pen and put blood on their, you know, knives. Like, I was just like, wow, this is interesting. Like, I, it was like, for a hot minute, like, Marty was me, honestly, Michael. Sure. Was I very mean, I,
0: I think most most people that probably listen to this show probably relate to him. Yeah. I mean, I was the same. way. I used to draw, like, you know— dudes with swords and dragons and zombies and women with big titties mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, so things to like about the movie. like Shit like that was to like. I liked the little the metal posters and the, the, the movie posters and, you know, the, the, the love of horror. Um, Likable qualities about the movie. But, uh, yeah, Mike, as you said, there's that sense of just alienation and Martin Marty is you know could be having a bit of a better life uh, as as Steve uh, goes gallivanting every night and uh, kills people and puts their heads in, in bowling bags so uh, yeah I mean it's the, the one thing about the parents is that I almost feel like their biggest flaw is being clueless as to what is going on in the two children's life Yeah, would you say so? No, absolutely. You know, that that's completely clueless. Yeah, you know. And now this yeah. is
0: another another flaw in the in the narrative of the film is like they don't re- maybe the book goes into this like you, were, you know, I think we were talking about this. They don't really give any reason as to why or, or if something happened to Steve to turn him into a murderer. You know? No. Like they don't really Not go into anything. any of that. They spend nope. a lot of time developing Marty but they don't develop Steve at all. Like he's just like this shadowy figure out there, who's like in the periphery, murdering, you know. And and he's on that, you know. But t- but typical to a seventeen-year-old kid, he is on the outs with his parents. He's you know like distant, you know, and that kind of thing. But he still right. has. he's still he's in the even in even throughout the film. He always tells his
1: brother that he would
0: never hurt him. You know.
1: Yes, yes, that's important. He says it a few times. And it comes into play at the very end, but the reason we're given late in the film, later in the film, as to why Steve does what he does, uh, you know, Steve does what he does, is outlandish and just kind of weak <clears throat> and makes no sense uh, in the context of the rest of the film. Like you know, yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a uh,
0: a moment where I, I like, it, it kind of shocked me. Not like I've never heard the word before, but obviously right. I was watching this film and his brother is like, it's because of the black people basically that he's killing. And I'm just like, he didn't use that term. He used a derogatory term for African American yeah. people.
1: Which I was uh-huh. like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> like, I was like, what did you say? Like, where did that come from? But, and yeah. then he says something about how it's, you know, like, Dad taught us or something. And then I'm like, but wait a minute. Dad didn't say anything about no. race or racism nope. throughout this whole movie. So what the hell is that? And I'm, like, thinking to myself, I guess this is in the book, maybe? Like, yeah. But, if, but here's the thing. If you're going to make a movie out of a book, there are things you need to show the audience. No? Like, yeah, that was, or, that was a big flaw. Yeah.
0: Um, that was never – I mean – just on like a general principles of storytelling it it made no didn't make any sense at all for him to say that because there was no build up to it there was no context to him saying something like that like if besides the fact that you know i think they mentioned that his, all of, all of his well not even all of them most of the victims were black except for one they were black yeah but there was yeah. like one white person that he killed right 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 you know so the, so it's like well why have the one white person that he killed you know what I
1: mean it's like and, and like the big um the big reveal as to why Steve what he does does what he does is out of his hatred for black people yeah and it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> like it just I don't know and he says something about the dad or like dad and, and it's like oh dad is a, that's a racist he is like we didn't know that there was there was no um no build-up, no explanation, no backstory. Yeah. Look, and look, there's plenty of movies we like on this show with no backstory. But if you're going to be so specific and and have your big reveal as to why a killer is killing, be be something like that, I think it would help the movie quite a bit to show a little bit of that. Don't you, don't you agree? With
0: yeah, I mean, it's like they, they could have had in his room like a swastika or something. You know what I mean? Some kind of like indication something. that the guy was like had racial feelings like that you know and, and it's like a flashback yeah something. flashbacks right. or the father teaching him you know or you know that that trying to like you know influence him that you know the the white race is like you know superior or whatever you know
1: like, yeah but it's so funny that there are uh, listeners uh there isn't any of that so that was kind of yeah. like oh that's kind of weak there it's kind of bad filmmaking yeah bad storytelling um you know and again, uh, it is based on a, an indie horror book by Todd Ridney. I'm going to imagine perhaps some of that is explained in the book. Um, you know, <laughs> and, and then a little, a little after that, uh, basically the one kind of connection to that, right, is that one the the You know the main bully in in Marty's life is a a black child. Yes. You know who's like bigger than him, tougher than him, and you know kind of a mean mean little dude. Okay, who makes his life a living hell pretty much? Calls him the you know the f word and it's it you know there's a backstory there right for you know like for Marty to kind of hate this bully there's that backstory, but there's no backstory for Steve. The killer
0: no not at all and, and the thing the fun the interesting thing about um them when you're a kid at 12 you know there was always like the the kid that everyone just decided he was gay or something you know what i mean like with no reason uh-huh. no and then that became a way to torment somebody you know and that was unfortunately marty was that kid you know they just just des- they decided that we're going to make these suppositions about this guy <laughs> that have no Grounds and we're gonna right. No, there's
1: no ground there either. Yeah like listeners. There's a uh, there's a scene Where you know, he, he goes into the stall to use uh, the bathroom, which is fine uh, <laughs> Hey, I myself sometimes use the stall to go number one. How about that? I do How it about a lot Exactly. Yeah, get some damn privacy in that motherfucker. I do it. Okay. I do it
0: 50 50 with me, man
1: I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But when you're young and whatever and kids suck and little boys suck. So they saw it as, oh, you know, you must have a small dick. And then it turns into, oh, you know, you must be gay. Like it just every kind of shitty thing that a young boy could say to another young boy is kind of said in in this scene. And I actually think that did a very good job. Of conveying sometimes what it was like to be a twelve-year-old boy, huh, Mike? Pretty much, <laughs>
0: man. Like I, I, like I was saying earlier, there's a growing up. There was always like that one kid that was like the 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 recipient of all of the hatred for no reason at all. Like they people would just yeah. decide that there was all these things about this one particular kid, and they would just use that to justify torturing this poor guy. And that was what Marty was. And and I guess like yeah. you know we're going. To a theme in this film where you know there it's almost like Marty is like overdeveloped and there's like literally nothing about Steve Right,
1: yeah, we're not getting much at all other than he kills black people because he hates them We have no reason why he hates black people and no reason why he's a killer really yeah I mean no right there's none of like again I don't I'm almost positive that it's in itself is not really explained either, right? No.
0: No. This you know, they well, they this is where we come into Headless, okay, the other film. All right. Yes. The film within the film. And Yeah, uh, this
1: is the maybe this is this is a bit of a stretch though. It's a I real know gonna, stretch. You know, I know it's a real
0: stretch. That, yeah. It's a real stretch. So, um, you know, Marty's gonna plan an evening where um, you know, he's going to rent some films video VHS's and have one of his little friends come over and have a movie night and there's a film that was like never returned okay it turns out that Steve has it it's a movie called headless okay Mm -hmm. so um you know Marty being like the young kid snoops around in Steve's room and and actually wait didn't Steve give him uh, permission to to raid his uh, VHS collection yes yes yeah because I guess he catches he catches Marty snooping in his room he's like don't look at anything in my room but, you know, since I'm your big brother, you can, you can, you can look at, you can watch my movies if you want. So he finds Headless. And not only that does he find Headless, but he's, there's like these um, notes as to certain spots in like the movie.
1: kill, scene kill spots, scenes yeah.
0: Yeah. So a very effective scene where where they're watching the movie, okay, and brutal dude with a skull mask,
1: like, extreme horror extreme that, horror like some august underground yeah. kind of fucking like dark shit like sexual you know? like
0: violent sexual stuff and yeah just like brutal like just dark the darkest shit is being shown on this stuff on this video too yeah you know and and it's like while you're watching the kids watch it there's they're um you can see that it's affecting Martin, marty you know, or maybe he thinks this is real, you know, and he mm. it visualizes it's his brother doing these things, you know. Yes. Vile, vile stuff.
1: Now, I feel like as the viewer, we're supposed to think that there's a very decent possibility that the reason uh, Steve is making these killings is because of horror movies. Or is because of this particular horror film. Yeah. and.
0: And I have a big problem with that, if that's really what the, um, you know, what the filmmaker is intending, you know, or what the author mm-hmm. of this book is intending that, oh, that, you know, I'm going to cop out and say that this movie Headless turned this dude into a serial killer, because that's totally not true. Like, that has never mm-hmm. been the case with any, there's other reasons why people kill, not because they watch the horror movie. Exactly. Dude, another,
1: again, uh, 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 one of the positives of this film was when I was around that age. And there were the really kind of fucked up scenes. And if I was with friends or my the brothers, I completely would avert my eyes, but try not to have them see that I was averting my eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I wasn't ready for that. Some of that shit yet. And it, again, it just, it really, uh, brought me back to, uh, those days, you know, being around 12 or so. Yeah. It was me, interesting. Me too,
0: man. I mean, that, that's, that's why the thing that prevents me from giving this a bad rating 140 right is because of really effective stuff like that. It really captured that grimy like vibe of watching a VHS tip because you know back back when VHS were like a big thing, you would rent these movies you never heard of because they had crazy covers. And there were moments where you're like is this fucking real what I'm watching? You know
1: what I mean like you never see Yeah, seen... oh well, exactly yeah. like we took a crap shoot like me and my buddies at Starlight Video on Avenue Z, we went to uh the horror section And it was its own little section. And we grabbed Make Them Die Slowly. Yeah, man. There you go. Jesus Christ, man. I I wasn't ready for that. I was about 12 or so. And that movie kind of fucked me up. I was like, I don't want to fucking see this shit ever again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and also right around that time, like for me, when I was getting into horror films, there were movies like Faces of Death out there where they're allegedly showing real killings and stuff and yes so then yes you'd rent some movie that's like you don't know any of the actors you know it came out of who knows where this video came from you know it just shows up on the shelf and it's like next to like you know some other movie you know evil dead or something like that and you're like oh yeah this looks cool then you get home and you put it on and it just you're like i don't know who any of these people are this could be real they could be cutting people up for real and somehow they ended up in my hometown, you know?
1: Yeah. Like a while back, uh, when we covered the movie, the black room listeners, uh, fantastic movie, by the way, um, lost film, so to speak. That was a movie. I vividly remember always seeing the box for, and it was a very minimal artwork on the box, but it almost made, it made me uneasy because I, I was like, what is this? The yeah. Black room. Yep, and there's just very there wasn't even like a lot of a, a big description of it on the back of the box, and I was just like, I don't want like I want to see this, but I don't want to see this movie, and I never saw it until two years ago. Yeah. So there you go.
0: And, and the the writing on the back of these VHSs, it would always be like red lettering on some background where you could barely fucking read it anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's almost illegible. <laughs> like they don't want you to know what the movie's about or where it's filmed or who the people in it are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Another great example is that movie, Snuff. When I was a kid, that movie was... It was kind of sold literally as being a snuff movie. (laughs) But if you watch it, the first... Well, like 90% of the movie is not a snuff movie, right? Yeah. And then there's just that really fucked up ending that is very, you know, kind of like a snuff movie that was tacked on to the end of that movie specifically to make you think it was a snuff movie. It was like it's a two movies in one that movie and it's not even that good so it had that reputation right exactly yeah it had a crazy reputation and shocking and blah 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 um but yeah so found in a way harkens back to some of that energy right to some of that like vibe um only as we're getting towards the end listeners it it goes it just kind of goes over the falls in a barrel, would you say, Mike? <laughs> See, up, up to this point,
0: right, I, I was kind of like, oh, this is actually a pretty good movie, you know? Like, I was like, you know, there's a couple of things they could have done better as far as storytelling goes and things like that, you know, but for the most part, and it's funny, because I watched an interview with the, the filmmaker, um, with Scott Shermer. Mm-hmm. Seems like a normal guy, you know? <laughs> he was talking about influ- being influenced by Steven Spielberg, Right, and I'm like, oh, I could see the family drama aspect of this film because it was very well done, and it was very Spielberg esque in a lot of ways with the father and the mother and the complex relationships and that kind of the brother, the, right. the school, the grade school dramatics like that kind of thing. But yeah. then it just goes into a very very dark place,
1: which it's a little alienating. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're at like a church thing and uh marty finally stands up for himself and kind of beats a kid up at this little church retreat thing they go to right and uh he beats up a kid named trevor because trevor was bullying him and yeah the kid fucking deserved it uh when they get home from the 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 church outing the dad kind of loses it and starts you know beating marty right right uh and and then steve who was home at the time, kind of jumps in and like starts beating the shit out of the dad, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. I mean, the kid deserved it. You know, like, I don't think Marty... I mean, look, I'm not a turn-the-other-cheek kind of guy, really. You know what I mean? Like, if someone... I I back him smacking that kid around, honestly. But the father totally mishandled it. Like, the father should... You know, had to talk with him about asserting himself and violence and fighting you know but did not i i also think the father should have said hey you do have you cannot let people do things like that to you and if you're you know fighting should be like a last resort it shouldn't be like you should be a bully but you should stand up for yourself you know basically so he kind of he handled it in a he didn't handle it in a strong way the father
1: yeah uh Steve is thrown out of the house for beating up on his dad, okay? But that night, Marty meets with Steve outside and Steve asks for, you know, a, a help with an unspecified plan, right? Yeah, yeah. And Marty refuses, and they start arguing outside. You know, the parents are supposed to be asleep. The father comes outside, and then Steve hits his fa- his father, the man who, you know, helped give him life. With a shovel like real like brutally yeah okay w- would you agree oh yeah yeah totally like with it meet with bad intentions he hit him with this very shovel. bad intentions yeah uh and then runs into the house to go after his mother his actual mother uh then marty goes to help mom because um now listeners brace yourself okay Steve is deciding to rape his own mother inside the house. Okay. Yeah. Marty sees this and thankfully, you know, jumps on top of him to stop him, but he is knocked unconscious and, you know, the screen goes to black. Marty wakes up, <laughs> uh, tied to a bed with a ball gag in his mouth. And this is where the movie gets even darker after the attempted rape of, of a mother and near beating to death of a father. Um you hear the mother screaming and crying in another room and you, you hear a lot of other fucked up shit being said, right, Mike? Yeah, and, and you can only
0: imagine what's going on. Like you're not seeing anything. You all you see no. is Marty's face with a
1: ball gag in it, you know. And like then, crying yeah. and it's just a real pitch dark, depraved scene. And you know, you, you hear the father and mother getting beaten and begging for mercy. It's just fucking brutal. Then all of a sudden, Steve walks in naked, covered in blood, wearing only a gas mask with a machete. Like, it is the most fucked up looking thing. Like, again, brought to mind, like, Serbian film. Brought to mind some other movies. I like Names are kind of escaping me. But just some of the most really dark shit that i've seen over the years you know oh yeah of watching horror the movies right definitely you know and yeah the fact that um, you
0: heard, everything was like you heard you heard things without seeing it really right. made ramped everything up because your mind and your imagination is going wild as to what fucking is actually going on you know and you're wondering oh, what's, he, what's going on is he killing him? you know because then the mother's silent you know and obviously okay she's dead you know
1: Yeah, he he finishes them off, you know, goes back into that room where the mother and father are, uh, you know, mercifully out of sight, uh, by the way. They do not show them. Um, And, you know, their voices end and they're dead. uh, And he's, you know, covered in blood. And he tells his brother, I'm going to explain everything in the morning. And then, like, morning comes And Steve walks out of the house naked, covered in blood. Marty wakes up to find himself surrounded by the mutil Something like, you know, will I ever be found? And the movie is over. But it is just the most like it is a dark, depraved scene. Listeners, I mean, if we're doing a good job describing it, I I, I hope we are. Uh, If you want to see this movie just keep in mind everything we said uh, i don't want anyone to send us hate mail or death threats via instagram or facebook michael
0: me neither man you were warned three times on this <laughs> on this podcast that this is not a, this is an unsavory film that's like depressing and fucking dark and you know um yeah there's a lot of shit in here that you're not going to want to see you know like or you i you're not going to want to think about after you watch the movie And uh, Mm. definitely get some of that um, antimicrobial soap and then take a nice shower. That's (laughs) a hot shower after this movie.
1: Yes, yes. Um, Rue Morgue's review is is very interesting. Um, Bizarre review from a Patrick Dolan of Rue Morgue. Although this coming-of-age tale starts off as a morbid love letter to Horace past, like 1990s version of Joe Dante's matinee. Oh. This guy's smoking crack. It cleverly turns into an honest-to-goodness horror film partway through and unleashes some serious scares. Did this man see this movie? What is it? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, man. That, that sounds a little... Did he describe stranger things? Like, what did this guy see? Like, uh, Anyway, uh, bloody disgusting uh, said they've made the most of the low budget and it impresses on a variety of levels. These are weird ass reviews on the uh Wikipedia, folks. Uh the movie was banned in Australia. <laughs> um, but it later came out on DVD uh with two minutes cut out in Australia. Uh UK cut out 98 seconds of the movie on its DVD release. Uh so far only the US and Austrian uh, versions are the uncut collector's edition on both Blu ray and uh, DVD. I can see why the folks over in the UK and Australia who love to cut shit up cut this movie up. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you probably would want to cut out of this movie if you were like, you know, <laughs> absolutely, man. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not into editing films but if you were in that if you were so inclined to edit
1: things there's a
0: lot you could edit out of this
1: movie um regarding headless the film within the film in 2014 uh it turns out uh, a kickstarter was made to get headless made and uh the mission was accomplished and headless came out in 2015 now to be very fair listeners uh mike and i have not seen headless so we will not talk about headless uh we will check it out uh that movie came out uh later in 2015 you know it's kind of a a standalone film uh which is described as a lost slasher from 1978 which is kind of the vibe you get when you're watching the the fake headless as you're watching found um again did not see it can't say anything about it but i do think it's interesting that found garnered enough fans to get a big kickstarter going to make the movie within the movie huh yeah i mean definitely this movie
0: has an audience and i think you know when, when we break down our thoughts on this film like with our final grading you know i, I can definitely understand why people would be into this film actually
1: hmm. yeah look our our listeners who like the more extreme stuff and they are out there i think you'll like this movie um But again, I I do know for a fact that there's a portion of our listenership that will probably not enjoy this movie, but may want to see it anyway. Uh, Because in a way, it kind of is worth seeing on the indie horror level. Uh, But just, you know, brace yourself. Right, Mike?
0: (laughs) Absolutely brace yourself. I mean... There's things in the movie, like, it kind of ruined my night, actually, from watching (laughs) this movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a little trouble trouble sleeping after it. It was just something, I mean, because, again, the things that were very relatable to me just kind of came back into my head about my early horror days and my horror drawing days and my video store days and, you know, watching these movies even though I was kind of afraid of them at first and then turning the corner and becoming a very big horror fan. And then, of course, finding the horror that I like the best, Um, which is not this, folks. This is not the horror that I like the best where a 17-year-old son uh, kills, mutilates, and rapes his mom. That's not the horror I like the best, Michael.
0: No, No, definitely not. I mean, it's... But the other thing too about this for me specifically is like I mean I didn't grow up in the city I grew up like out in the suburbs you know what I mean like North, uh-huh. North. yeah this is a, the suburbs this movie but anyway yeah uh-huh. but I'm talking about like how you and our our our, our childhoods difference differed a little bit you know what I mean like I didn't I didn't grow up yes. in an urban environment I grew up in the suburbs you know so like I, I didn't see a lot of like as a kid I was kind of insulated from a lot of the kind of you know mean streets in New York kind of vibe of you know crime and stuff like that but Hmm. there was always these kind of stories about some random dude in my hometown who did crazy shit like not like i mean not to this extent but you know there was stories of girls being murdered you know over the years like when i was in high school um you know that this this one this woman this girl who was a couple years older than me when i was like 14 like they found her in the woods like you know Stuff like that, you know, like some some stories that and they had a really heavy impact because you know nothing really happened in the town I grew up in, you know. Mm, yeah, you know, th- there'd be guys like that, like this one particular. I'm not going to name his name, but he had he had his name is the same. It he the this kid had like the perfect serial killer name too. By the way, Crazy Frankie. Yeah, something no. like you know Wayne, something Actually, or other. You know, I, I'm just oh, going to use that. Gotcha. His his name is Wayne. Okay, Wayne. <laughs> that's a that's a Wayne murder
1: no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, this this one kind of fucked me up a bit. Took me by surprise. Um, for a hot minute, I was mad at Mike Hill, listeners. I went. <laughs> I could tell oh, you were man. Bitch. I went. I was like, why the fuck are we fucking covering this movie? But, but I realized I was like, oh wait, he hasn't seen it yet. So oh, I would see it now. Like, I probably, maybe,
0: I wouldn't have recommended it if I watched it first. <laughs> You know, I'm just trying to make fucking for content. A hot over minute, you.
1: Mike. I'm never mad at you. <laughs> I was mad at you for a hot all right, minute. All right. Hot minute. Um, but yeah, listeners, it, it, it comes to the moment of truth uh, on our scale of one to five for necromaniacs. Okay, now, my initial uh, <laughs> scoring was like 2.5. Okay? Mm-hmm. However,. I have upped it to three, which means it is worth seeing. And mainly for the reasons I had already expressed, because I do think it is well made. I do think there are some good performances here from the two brothers in particular. Okay. And I did like that it hit close to home on on levels the on the non-repulsive levels, Mike, <laughs> like sure. you know, like on the coming of age levels, on the early horror fandom levels, which I don't, you'd see that in movies all that often, honestly, um, you know, and and that made me think, and you know, what it was like being like a you know a twelve year old kid in school in Brooklyn, and it just some of those scenes were like, wow, man, shit, you know this guy i mean i don't know how old the director uh is um but very interesting i thought yeah those were like likable moments he, i think this dude is like
0: roughly in our age group you know like late 40s okay. yeah. you
1: know, something
0: like that so yeah that would
1: make sense yeah. okay so i did land at 3 but i'm going to say though it's it's like a 3 with a caveat because I don't know if this is mandatory. Hey, just see it, but worth seeing three, with with a little caveat of, well, you'll see it and you might hate your life for about twenty four hours, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or you might hate us for twenty four hours. Yeah. But don't hate us. We didn't direct the film. We didn't write the film. It's not our fault. <laughs> so yeah, number I, I gave it a three.
0: Yeah, just for the record, you know, this is not my cup of tea. These types of movies. <laughs> I, I am not going to read the book. I don't have any interest mm. in reading this, the book this was based on. There's definitely not the kind of things that I consume, you know, either reading or watching. Mm. Uh, but with all that said, I, got, I gave it a 3.5, man. I oh. I have mm. to say that the movie was very effective. Um, you know, it, it had uh, the vibe and atmosphere of the film was very good, you know um there was hardly any money went into this film and the guy somehow made it all work
1: yeah yeah i mean small budget very small budget um did,
0: did he reveal where it was filmed i'm assuming this is somewhere in like indiana or
1: ohio or something like
0: that. it just right, seems right, like that okay. part of the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. you know
1: interesting very yeah. interesting yeah um our director, Scott Shermer, has a few other films out there, folks. Uh, one called Harvest Lake from 2016, one called Plankface from 2016, a movie called The Bad Man from 2018. He's a working uh, indie horror director. I may uh, check out his other shit, you know? Yeah. Check it
0: out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I like he's he's a good filmmaker for sure. You know, I just that this film, you know, it's not not my cup of tea. You know, like I, just, I and, and just in general, extreme horror is not my bag. You know,
1: yeah, um, you know, although we, we've we done a few extreme horror films and ultimately we 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 saw a Serbian film in the theater and we we liked it, quote unquote. Right. It's not <laughs> it's not something we run home and put on. No, you
0: know? no, no, definitely. I mean, but that there was a lot going on in that movie. You know, and yeah, and, uh, you know, it's,
1: it, it, it's a few, it's quite a few levels above found. Yeah, but I think there are some things that are in the same wheelhouse as found. Honestly, yeah, uh, the ending, that ending is just the ending of Serbian film. The ending of found are, are kissing cousins. I'm not they're bonkers. You know, definitely. You know, and you know, it, it's
0: it's definitely worth checking out. But once again, I'm going to go a fourth time. If you if you're offended by stuff like that, do not see this movie or go in expecting to be triggered by these things if you're offended by like, you know, uh, you know, racial slurs and, you know, insensitivity and stuff like that, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh crazy, man. Crazy. It's funny uh, b- before we started uh listeners, I, I remarked to Mike about how ho- I've seen hardly any 2023 horror films, but I, I really need to fix that. Uh Skinamarink I absolutely loved it. Uh, but it is one of the only 2023 horror films I've seen. I have not seen Evil Dead yet. We, I got to get on that. I would like to see Renfeld. Um, you know, and th- there's definitely some other shit coming out that I I want to see. But, uh, you know, I'm almost uh, we're, as we hit the near midway mark of the year. I'm wondering if 2022 will not 2023 will not be the banner year that the year prior was.
0: I think I said that 2022 is so far superior to
1: 2023. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I feel like, I don't know if we're going to see that this year. Nah. I mean, last year was like historical. Um, And uh, what's, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, the guy from, uh, what do you call, what the fuck's his name Joaquin Phoenix his new movie named oh yeah Man.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I want to see that
1: just yet honestly I mean I want to see it but it's doing very poorly <laughs> like it's it's like the ratings and you know it's apparently not that great well I'm, not, still- I'm not a very
0: big Ari Aster fan you know I like he's 50 50 mm. with me you know
1: well, I do like Ari Aster. I mean, I, I I wanna see what's it called? Oh man, I'm so fucking terrible Bo, some bows. Bo is afraid. Yeah. Bo is afraid. Right now, a few of our listeners are going, is afraid, Mike. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> um I wanna see Bo is Afraid. Uh, it's it's getting like really some bad reviews in some places, but then some people are saying it's the most bizarre film of the year. So that makes me wanna see it. Um so yeah, that's something I do want to see as well. Uh, although again, I heard it's not very like horrific, maybe per se. Uh, again, I just heard mixed mixed things as opposed to his prior films being more like gushed over. You know, I, I will see it. I mean, it, it looks interesting.
0: Just maybe not just yet. The same thing with Renfield. Like I I think Renfield yeah. just went to like one of the streaming platforms.
1: So yeah i will
0: I will watch it just i these were not these are not Friday night ten at ten p m showing movies for me you know they're no they're and
1: honestly like i i have there's just so much great old shit for me i mean I don't know what that sounds like to our younger listeners, but there's just so much obscure shit from the seventies and eighties just you know waiting for me that sometimes I' make that my priority you know sure yeah, yeah. All right, well, this was a lot of fun. This was a good episode, man. I, I like when we talk about shit that can get a little difficult to talk about, Michael. I hear you, man. This was definitely
0: one of those films for sure. You know. Yeah, and uh,
1: we hope it made for a good episode. And again, I, I think it did. And I hope uh, the listeners agree. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, thank you all for the support. The new listeners, the old listeners, the long-timers, the brand-new supporters. You guys are all awesome, and we'll see you next time.